The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Now on that same day when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening up the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what, they had, hap what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. May be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Today we heard a story about some people walking along. Jesus appears, tells them everything in the Bible about himself. They sit down at a meal. He breaks bread. They suddenly realize who he is. He disappears, and they run back to the town they were just in to tell everybody. 
I think that this is not just what Jesus did one time, but this is what Jesus does. Jesus talks to us when we read the Bible, and Jesus promises us in places that we know to go. Now, I've got a question for you. Why do you come here every Sunday? <laughs> yes. Learn about God. Excellent. Parents tell, us to. parents tell you too. That is a great reason. <coughs> yes. Remember God and Jesus, right? What were you going to say? Um, the same thing man said. Same thing? Excellent. Yeah. We do a lot of remembering, right? We hear these stories again and again and again, and the characters are typically the same, right? We hear about Jesus an awful lot. We remember over and over and over again. But we also... Excuse me. We also do some other things during the church service. Sometimes we have communion. Sometimes we have a baptism. Sometimes somebody will stand up and say some words, usually me. Sometimes we pray. All those are places, all those are experiences where we know God will be. When we pray, God hears our prayers, right? When we have a communion, God comes down from heaven to be with us and give us Jesus' body and to shed Jesus' blood. When we're baptized, it's not just water running over your head, but it's God saying, I love you. We come here to remember, just like you said, to hear Jesus talk, and to go to places we know Jesus will be. But, is this the only place Jesus is? No. Everywhere. Everywhere. Have you ever seen Jesus or ever heard Jesus or ever felt like, I don't know, you learned something about Jesus outside the church? Yeah. Where are some of those places? Yes. Sometimes in school. Excellent. Where else? Uh, home. Home. Excellent. Tell me how in the home. Uh, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Very good. Prayers, very good. Yeah. Well, sometimes at my granny's house, we do Sunday school on the Sundays where we have a sleepover, and she tells us what um, tells us uh, the stories and do memory pages and times what sometimes we, we can play and act it out. Lots of activity, right? Sometimes there's devotion. Sometimes they're even a little Sunday school. Sometimes it's just in the stories that they tell. Just sitting around telling stories. We come to church because we know we'll see God there. But we also live life, and God promises to be there too. Out in the middle of the road when we're walking. Don't walk in the middle of the road. But out when we're walking. Out when we're playing. Out when we're running. Out when we're talking with friends and family, out when we're eating, when we're sleeping, and everywhere else, God promises to be there too. So, as you go through this next week, I invite you, I ask you, can everybody look at my nose? Very good. I ask you to look for God in all the places that God might be. 
Look for God in your devotionals. Look for God in your play. Look for God in your work. And when you see God, tell somebody. That's a very important thing. Because not everybody sees God in the same places. When you see God, tell somebody. And then bring it back here so we know. Sound good? Yes. Very good. Should we pray? Yes. Very good. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for being here with us at church, for being here with us in communion and in baptism, in the word, in the stories that we tell. We ask that we might see you in everyday life too, that you might keep telling us that we're loved as we go throughout life, that you might keep pushing us to be the body of Christ that you would have us be, act more like you. And when we see you, God, we thank you and we ask that we can bring it back here. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. When I work with the Road to Emmaus text, there's a couple things that strike me. The first, and I just can't wrap my head around it, but Jesus explaining all of the scripture in seven miles. Jesus explaining all there is to know about Jesus in seven miles. And the second one, is when the disciples are running back exactly what they point to, what experience they point to, that gives them an understanding of Jesus being Jesus, of Jesus being in their midst. And it's not first the seven miles, but it's the breaking of the bread. It's the explanation of all that Jesus is in seven miles, and it's the breaking of the bread. Let's work with those seven miles first. A lot of times I drive around and I try to keep track of all my mileage, you know, because that's something that you do when you're employed. And so, I know some distances that I might not know otherwise. How many of you have ever run a 5K in your life? Yeah? That's about three miles. About three miles. Did you know that from the front steps of uh, Trinity Lutheran Church to the front steps of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Biglerville, it's about three miles. It's kind of neat. A little geographical oddity. So, if you're thinking about, and it always feels farther to me when I'm driving, I think it's just all the hills and all that kind of good stuff, but if you were walking with Jesus, you would do to St. Paul and back and maybe a little bit more. That would have been your walk to Emmaus. Did you also know that from here to the seminary is a little bit under eight miles? So right around that distance that they would have been walking from one town to the other, that would have been their road to Emmaus walk, all the way down Mumisburg Road, all the way through the one big hill beside Roosters and up the big hill, and then you turn, kind of bank on that right, and then bank left again, and then all through the hills and valleys, and I go towards Hers Ridge so I don't have to go through Gettysburg. About under eight miles. 
There's also one distance that I'm always enthralled with, and out of a personal pleasure, anytime I hit 26 miles or less to go, I like to comment to whoever's in the seat beside me, I used to be able to run this far. <laughs> From here till Dillsburg is about 22 miles. So a little bit farther than Dillsburg is that marathon distance. I now can run until about the outside of Arntsville, just to put it in perspective. But that road to Emmaus walk, from here to Gettysburg, that's a walk. You're going to be taking some time to do it, right? And even though they practiced this a lot more, they didn't have the luxury of hopping in their car and just driving there, it's a walk. It's a long walk. And in that time, they share life. They're not talking about anything specific. They're simply walking with one another on the road. And in that moment, Jesus is with them and appears to be with them, and yet they don't understand who he is. And in that mileage, in that walk down Mummersburg Road and all the way to the seminary, in that distance, they hear from Jesus everything in Scripture, everything that they had heard, everything that was foretold. And instantly they understand all things. Nope. No. They don't understand quite yet. Even though Jesus is there walking them through Scripture. And for me, that is both something to push and something about grace. For me, immediately, I come to understand that you can actually say everything there is to say about Jesus and the Scripture inside that distance. And given how many sermons I've preached in a very young career, I'm using too many words. Too many words. But at the same time, it's possible to have Jesus right at your side and still not quite get it. And for me, that's a little bit of grace. There's grace there in saying that these things are complex, these things are difficult. It is hard to bring into our hearts of our own regard all that Jesus is for our lives. It doesn't happen in seven and a half miles, even if you have Jesus right at your side. It takes time. The bread is a different story. The bread uses even fewer words and uses but a moment. And we hear familiar words in that moment, don't we? Jesus joins with them around the table, and it's not a special table. It's not a necessarily a Eucharistic table. It's not necessarily any type of table except for the one that they sat down to after a long day. And they sit down about ready to eat, and Jesus takes bread, breaks it, and in that moment, they realize who Christ is in their very midst, and Christ is gone from their very midst. And these words probably seem familiar. In the night which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. This is what Jesus does, not just once and not just twice, but repeatedly, to show us where God is and to show us who God is. God is not often some distance, but here with us. God is not often some distance, but at every table. And then they go back to that place where they were. They come back from 
the seminary in Gettysburg, all the way back here, inside that same night. Now, if they were about to eat dinner, and if the disciples were still awake when they got there, I'll bet you money that they were running. They didn't walk this time. And they had already walked seven and a half miles to begin with. They were booking to get back. Because this is what we do. This is who we are. We are people that hear God, but don't quite understand. We are people who see God and have our hearts burning within us. And we are people who come back together into one body, into one moment, to tell one another what we've seen. Not that we understand it, because they didn't. And not because somebody else will have the answer, because no one does. But because we know something holy to be there, and we lead one another to it. In sermons, a lot of times I'll ask you guys to give answers, but I'll typically do that at the beginning of the sermon, right? To kind of begin. Here in the middle of the sermon, I want to ask you those two questions. One, where, where do you hear God? Where do you hear the good news? Where do you hear the scripture explained to you? Where do you hear that proclamation, that gospel? Where do you hear it? Feel free to answer. Yeah. Yeah. When everything kind of slows down, or at least as slow as we can make it go. Where else do we hear it? Music. Music. Yeah. Music has a way of articulating something a little bit better than just saying it, right? It's, yeah. Where else? Nature. Church. All right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. Church. That's what keeps me coming back. I know I'm the pastor, I have to be here, but it truly is what keeps me coming back. Where else? Prayers. Yeah. That time when we stand still and we dwell with God and we become vulnerable to our own selves and to God who hears and knows all. So one flows into another. I want to ask you, where do you see God? Where do you know God to show up? In a moment. In, a moment, in an instant, right? Yeah. In a sunrise. Everywhere. Yeah. There's not a singularity to it. In a service. In service. Yes. Yes. Communion time. Sacramental theology coming from Anthony Cain. Yes. In the, in the things that we do at the font and the things we do at the table. We know God. We proclaim God. We bank on God being there. And everywhere else. I know 
that some of these might seem like difficult answers and some of these might seem like Sunday school answers and the two should meet. It's not easy to say where we hear God. And it's not easy to say where we know God to be. At the same time, it is easy to point to the places in church where we see those things, where we know those things to be. The two meet one another. The two are in conversation with one another. One doesn't exist without the other. But is it, impo- it is important for us in our lives as Christians to say it out loud. Not just for our own sake, but for the sake of others. It's important for us to know where these places are because we will inevitably come to a time in our lives where we don't know how to get back. It's kind of like animals in water. They know where the water is. They go about their lives and they come back to the water. And the water moves, right? Sometimes it's a puddle. Sometimes it's a lake. Sometimes it's a river. But those go up and down and they dry out and they expand and water moves. But they know how to get back. It's important for us to say it out loud so that we know how to get back, how to get back to the places where we know God to speak, where we know God to act. It's important to say out loud if we see it at church. It's important for us to say it out loud if we see it at work, if we see it in the home. It's important for us to recognize these things so that we know how to get back to the water and others do too. God is with us. That's the gospel. God is with us in our work, in our lives, in our worship, in our churches. God is with us. When you see God, say it. When you hear God, share it. And we will do that same practice every week here together. Thanks be to a God that continues to show up here and throughout the world. Amen.